Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 225 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. (laughs) And my name is Barbara. How are you? I'm doing well. We're recording super early in the morning. I have deep morning coffee voice, and I thought I would extend the I am Elvis. I thought that would be nice. And I giggled again, so maybe Joe will find that funny again. (laughs) What's happening? How are you? I'm great, thank you. You let me sleep in, so I just rolled out of bed. It's Saturday morning. I'm going to, of course, go for a swim and then probably a run today, so it's pretty normal at this time in my existence. So how do you decide what you do? I've got a calendar. Oh my God, you're organized. And I researched how to get fast in a triathlon sprint and then weekly, like a six week plan. And then I mix it up. I'm doubling up. Like normally it just says you ride this day, you bike this day, and this is how long and these kind of drills. But uh, like yesterday morning, I got up at 530 and I did 12 mile bike ride, four mile run. So I'm getting off the bike, trying to get my legs ready for the run. And then today I'm going to swim and run. But yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to be fierce, man. That is like super organized. (laughs) We've talked about this before. It's a personal problem of mine because I don't do anything half-assed. And so I'm really enjoying the training. That's amazing. My body's going to rock in another month and then I'm going to stop and it's going to go back to normal. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're going to balloon up as you were before. I'll be a runner. I just won't have the arms and the thighs that I'm getting from the bike and the swim. It's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. So this weekend... I'm super excited. Yes, I know I talk about it a lot, but I love this meeting. Ladies of the Mill, Yes, this weekend, I am so excited to see friends, meet some new people. And of course, I'm going to be recording. And last year, I talked to so many amazing people. I'm looking to do it again this year. I'm sad, but God, I need a vacation, man. Yeah, you should be sad. That's so bad. Timing is everything. So, of course, Barb's not going to be with us, and, you know, we understand. But make sure you check out our social media this weekend. There's some exciting events. I'm going to try to post some pictures. I mean, honestly, I'm terrible about taking pictures in the moment. When something's going on, I want to be in the moment. (laughs) And the last thing I think of is taking a picture. But I'm going to try. Good for you. I'm going to try. So all of those that are attending Ladies of the Mill, please come find me at the podcast booth or the preet booth. They're right next to each other. And we're just going to have a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. I think you should get a big picture of me and put it right there so you don't forget. Cardboard stand up? (laughs) No, just a head. (laughs) Oh, just ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, once you're ripped and trained for the triathlon, we could do a cardboard stand-up, oh. and then you'll always be ripped and ready to go. That's not a bad idea, bro. Let's do it. <laughs> we do need new pictures. We do. We got to be together at some point. No. Next time. Next time. I won't screw it up next year, I promise. But I am bummed yes. because I really, really, really wanted to go to that meeting. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, Barb, we have an exciting, oh my God. exciting announcement to I make. I know, I know. Give it up. This is awesome. So we usually don't talk about stuff this exciting. And it's been <laughs> super hard for Barb and I not to talk about this. You know, I'm on social media a lot and it's, no. it was hard for me not to leak this. We have a new sponsor for the podcast. They just started this week. Asiga. Yes. They, of course, make one of the best printers on the market. I go to a ton of labs these days, and it is consistently the printer that people don't complain about. Hmm. So a while ago, I made a meme, as I've been known to do. <laughs> and just in the description of the meme, I made a joke about trying to get everyone's attention. And it said, free printer. And like, that was it. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to click on it, you know, to get more people to notice it and like it. All That's all I said was free printer. Well, Corey Lambertson, who runs the North American division of Asiga, and who was also on episode 203, oh, yeah. he sent me a message asking if we were actually giving away a printer. And I told him, no, I'm just joking. You know, I just wanted to get people's attention. He goes, well, how would you like to make it real? And I was like, really? Yes, sir. Weeks later, here we are. We're announcing the very first ever Voices from the Bench in a Sega giveaway. And the crowd goes wild. Woo! Too cool. Okay, so this is what you can win. Now, this is amazing. It's called the Asiga Max UV Bundle. That includes an Asiga Max printer, 
a resin tray, a bottle of Denta model resin, and a Sega Dental Expert shirt. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like a cool shirt? No doubt. And actually, this is the best part. A two-hour, one-on-one training by Corey Lambertson himself. Wow. This total value is about, now ready for this, $11,000. Wow. That is more than my first couple cars. <laughs> That's true. Mine too. Yeah. Now, to have a chance to win this, you got to do something. It's pretty easy. But pay attention so you don't miss this. You have to go to voicesfromthebench.com backslash Asiga. That is A-S-I-G-A. So just go to our website. If you go to Voices from the Bench, on the top part is the menu. Pull it down. You're going to see the Asiga printer giveaway. There you will fill out your information, answer some simple questions, and you will be in the drawing for this amazing package from Asiga. It's a simple task for an amazing printer. Simple, guys. Go to VoicesFromTheBench.com backslash A-S-I-G-A. Fill it out and win it. Yep. But don't waste any time. We're cutting off this contest on Sunday, August 14th, 2022. I add the year because people will be hearing this episode for decades. (laughs) (laughs) Smart man. It's about a month. So remember, like Barb said, VoicesFromTheBench.com backslash Asiga. And Asiga, we super appreciate the support of the podcast. Yes. And this amazing contest. Thank you. All right. So this week, we talked to a talented and passionate technician from Atlanta, Georgia, Edgar Munas. Edgar started playing baseball and had no dream of making teeth at all. But after some really bad knee issues, he was left to find a new passion. And let me tell you, this guy is very passionate. Edgar stumbled upon a technician job and quickly found out that he was good at it and he enjoyed it. When everybody was getting laid off, Edgar took the opportunity to open his own lab in his garage and eventually turning it into a full-fledged dental lab. Now, partnering with Noritake, he soon found himself specializing in high-end ceramics, which you guys know I love, and speaking for their company. It is a super great story of someone with drive to succeed and to share his knowledge along the way. So join us as we chat with Edgar Munas. Have you unlocked your dental laboratory's potential through 3D printing? Well, with the Asiga, you can. Did you know Asiga has over 500 validated materials on their open material system? And it's growing every day? By harnessing Asiga's proprietary layer monitoring technology with its smart positioning system and its integrated internal radiometer, as a laboratory, you'll be able to produce any indication you desire. It doesn't care if you need models, splints, temporaries, or heck, even permanent crowns. Your investment will be future-proof with Asiga's rugged engineering, providing you with a fast, accurate, and repeatable machine with a reputation that is time-tested in the dental laboratory industry. If you'd like to learn more about the Asiga's machine or the material offerings, please visit the website at asiga.com. That's A-S-I-G-A dot com. Or contact your favorite dental reseller. And we appreciate your support of the podcast, Asiga. Hi. This message is for the many dentists and dental staff that are listening to Voices from the Bench every week. The fastest growing product that we have at Growth3x are our Growth3x aligners. Growth3x aligners are only available from Growth3x aligner certified labs. Why? Because we believe in the synergies that are being created between you, the dental office, and your lab. And we want to further leverage these synergies. Our aligners are, for instance, used as a pretreatment to larger restorative aesthetic cases, They're used to widen gaps prior to placing implants. They're used to close the diastema, ease crowding, and simply enhance your patient's smiles. Even for your Essex retainer needs, your Growth3x Aligner Certified Lab can help. Look for a Growth3x Aligner Certified Lab near you, such as Castle Dental Lab in San Antonio, Texas. Ask for Blaine. AMK Dental Lab in O'Neill, Nebraska. Ask for Anne. Stax Dental Lab in McCool, Maryland. Ask for Derek. AA Dental Design in Marietta, California. Ask for Frankie. And many, many more. 
For a complete listing of Growth3x Aligner certified labs, go to www.growth3x.com. Thank you, Growth3x, and we appreciate your support of the podcast. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. Well, we're going to talk all about that if you're game. Yeah, I'm ready. I'll talk to with whatever I can because it's like a chocolate factory kind of thing. <laughs> they don't let me talk about too much. It's a little long. <laughs> We'd like to welcome to the program Edgar Munoz. I think I got it. Yeah, you got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, Munoz. <laughs> Elite Dental Studios out of Atlanta, Georgia. How are you, sir? Doing good, doing good. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. It's awesome. Now, we appreciate you joining us. I've heard your name a lot in the industry, and I know you got a lot going on. But like everyone else, we kind of like to find out how you got into the industry. Yeah, hopefully. I, I try to keep everything on the download. I, I keep so busy with life, and I, you know, I'm married. I have two kids, so plus the lab life and then I'm in with Nora Taki with a lot of their presentations and product reviews and things like that. Yeah. So, and plus work and then the lab, we've been really blessed. We've done zero advertising probably in the last five years and we really are doing none anymore because we're just overbooked. I'm trying to deal, I'm trying to figure that out right now as well. I can duplicate myself. <laughs> How did you get into the industry in the first place? Like, is it a family member or? Oh, no, no, no. I, so I came from a baseball background, very competitive family. Yeah. Uh, Ditto. Father, yeah. Father played. And then, you know, since the age of three, I grew up with a baseball in my hand. Um, I remember it was color coded when I was little. And it was where my fingers had to be placed, depending on how the ball was. You know, at the time, I didn't know, but my dad was already training me where the fingers were going on the seam, oh, so the ball either yeah. could curve. There's a special way to hold a baseball? Hell yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know these things. And I played competitively, never thought of dental until uh, my knees were in two pieces, and I was in the hospital, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm. So my career was, was done. I'm a, I'm a catcher, so we rely on our knees, and they were gone. How? Just from overuse, or did you actually get hit? No, I was actually, we were playing, and those who know about baseball, it was, it was one of those wet, rainy days, and when you're running to second, you know, full speed, and I was a big, big Latin guy for my size, and really for a Latin guy, and um, the weight, I, I turned to, to third base, and my leg slid going towards center field while I was going to third base, oh, so um, they just snapped, and all I can yeah. remember... Uh, is I really didn't feel much. I guess the adrenaline of the game. Yeah. But I remember getting up and, and, and I couldn't do it no more. Did you hear it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You, you hear it. Gross. That's yeah, a sound yeah. you won't forget. No, oh. no, those are the first uh, injuries to the knees. And, you know, later on as I was growing up, it gave me a lot of issues. And, you know, there's always somebody better with new knees, fresh yeah. knees. <laughs> so now, even now, I, I, even now they're bothering me. Two years ago, we got a knee surgery with four more implants in there. Oh, wow. Kind of like a tune-up. Wow. You're in the hospital after an accident trying to figure out what you want to do and how did dental come in? I grew up with uh, that mentality. It's like when it's over, it's over. You don't sit there and just kind of cry about it. You just move on. And I I had sold my equipment. A lot of this stuff is – baseball equipment is very expensive. Back can cost you a couple hundred dollars and everything. So I was selling it, and I was taking it to the UPS station – and there was this big sign that said, need dental laboratory techs. Huh. And at the time, I had one of my dentists, I was into cars, and he had me in the back doing a lot of the model work mm-hmm. and just adjustments. And then I saw this big sign. I was like, whoa, maybe I should try that too. I kind of was gearing into being a dentist. But with baseball, my grades were good enough, but I don't know if I was going to make it. So I was waiting on the um, acceptance letter. And I was like, I'll just go in there and get some experience in this lab. I mean, they said no experience needed. Perfect. Um, you just had to pass some kind of testing. I guess they had a test that I had to do with like shapes and numbers. And then it was a weird test. So I was selected within like, it was only, it was maybe 30 people and then three made it to, wow. to get into this laboratory. Wait a minute. 30 people were going out for the tech job? Yeah. That day that I went for the interview, there was a lot of people in there trying to get it. Really? But when it, was this? This was probably in 2000-ish. 2001. And this lab was, you know, it's a big lab. It's an 80 here in Gainesville. It's a like 80 plus technician lab. 
Yeah. Um, it was well known. Um, the oh, yeah. was a good guy. Yeah. I think most labs would kill to have 30 people show up for a job. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in those good times. I mean, I, I think that's what was going on. It was good pay. Benefits were good. Um, yeah. Stuff was still available. So I think that's why. And then the area that I live in, it's, it's more factory jobs like that here in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. We're the chicken capital of the world. So we have a lot of chicken plants and manufacturing. We have Wrigley's that's here. So Nice. So I went in there and I stayed. And then I saw that I, I really liked it. And then as I was training and going to dental school, I noticed I didn't like blood. I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> 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 Even my daughter, the little one, she's the same way. If she has like a nosebleed for allergies, she'll almost faint. So, I mean, I'm the same way. So, so that's not going to work out. Yeah, that's not going to work for dentistry. Yeah. <laughs> I was really good at, like I said, making teeth, but I still didn't really realize there was this aesthetic portion of the industry. I thought it was just like a cookie cutter, everything. Everywhere I went was going to be a cookie cutter where you just put yeah. porcelains. And I, we were doing 40 units a day, which was 20 build up, 20 grind. Oh, um, yeah. Per person? Per person, per day. Yeah, wow. we used to do that. We used to do, yeah, 20 to 25. That's a good oh, number. Yeah, that was nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you got some metal clusals or something easy, you oh, can then you get faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you would have eighty units, and that's how we competed for a raise for fifteen yep. cents. <laughs> fifteen yep. cents around there, and if you didn't make your number, you didn't get that fifteen thirty cents, whatever it was at the time. Wow. And then I kind of um, somehow I stumbled across some of the guys that were doing some cosmetic stuff. They brought in some new ceramic managers into that laboratory. And I was like, whoa, this, there's another side of this. And I started, you know, kind of, that was kind of interesting. But then we got hit with the, um, I think it was 2008-ish. Seven, oh, eight. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We were getting laid off and people were sending to China. And I was still learning all about this, like how manufacturing was working, how things were being sent. They were sending out. They let a lot of the ceramics go. I was one of them. And I kind of had my back to the wall. My wife was pregnant. I didn't know what to do, but in, in a way it was a blessing because that's where Elite Dental was created. I just started taking samples and doing kind of like piecework for other labs. So okay. Yeah. Up maybe 15 units, go home. And I bought, I had bought this $500 uh, porcelain furnace, not knowing that, you know, I was going to make a lab. I was just like, I'll, I just need work. And I started getting more and everybody was like, my name was getting around. Well, he does for a stock that we have of work. So they would send it to me. And I started just, you know, doing that. And then I would buy, say, a waxer. And I started buying little things. And, you know, it's like, again, That's I started so cool. $500. And, like, two years later, I was having mills and scanners. And, wow. And I don't know how I did it. I mean, like I said, I'm blessed. I, um, I started in a garage. And I started learning. And um, at the time, I was using a lot of the Noritaki stuff. And I think Facebook was kind of new, social media. Mm-hmm. I got onto that because, you know, when we're a small labs, a lot of people know they, I think they criticize all these labs, but those labs are the ones that come out big and they learn a lot because of all the mistakes we do. Mm-hmm. I did every mistake in the book in that garage. Yeah. <laughs> but then I noticed that like I could support other people online on Facebook. That's when they started posting things like, why am I getting this white calcification on my porcelain? And I, I knew because I had done it. I'm like, well, when I do this, I usually get that. And I think that's how Noritaki started hearing about me. And they came to the door, they came to the lab, and they asked me to be to do a presentation in Puerto Rico. So that was my first time ever kind of getting with a company, actual. Because I'm not one to kind of get with companies, or they were very awesome. It was Larry Zeno that came in here into the lab and offered that. He said, do you want to go speak? And at the time, like, I don't even know. If I can speak in front of people. Yeah. Oh, you could do it. <laughs> yeah, it takes guts. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's how the whole kind of story went. And we just kept growing and growing and growing little by little. How did you come up with the name? I like it. I was getting a lot of, um, a lot of people think it's like elite, like you think you're the best kind of thing. But I thought of it different, like a sports perspective. Yeah. I was learning from elite. the best. Like I, was, elite. I used a lot of the sports mentality. And I think that's what helped me get through this. Like the wake up early, go to practice, wake up early, go to do some porcelain, mm-hmm. get it done before six. So then I can get it done before 12 so I can meet UPS kind of deal. Yep. Mm. And, oh, yeah. and that's what helped yeah. me a lot. And then numbers helped me a lot, just numbers. And, you know, if it wasn't working, 
I, I would just wouldn't do it. The numbers didn't add up. But this was a first family-owned business, really, that I started with no experience with sports. Yeah. Sports was supposed to take me the whole way, and it, it did not. So it helped me really adapt to where I'm at, though. Yeah, that's how it's it's been going. So Elite has really come from that, where I've been able to get in front of some of the top ceramists in the world, Naoki. It even took me to Japan. I mean, Noritaki sent me over to Japan. And I got to see Miss Bond, how the Noritaki Garden was created. You know, they started with ceramics. They they didn't do portions right away. They're they're into ceramics, plates, teacups. And I got to train some there. Wow. One of the best instructors in the world. And then the creator of the internal stain as well. And then I got to meet Ms. Bond, which is the actual creator of the EX3 Noritaki Porcelain. Hmm. And, you know, that's a that's a big, big honor there just to go and like personally meet her. And it was kind of fun because I, I she's a person, I think, with a lot of power. So I would see people kind of like in the military, like they would go up to her and speak to her kind of like in the military, kind of afraid to speak to her. And I would I went speak to her kind of what I would say ghetto. <laughs> like <laughs> and she really like I could tell she liked me, I guess maybe because I was just being myself. And that's one thing I tell everybody, just be yourself and you'll be okay. Yeah. And yeah, she sat next to us there in Japan. She was talking to me. She's like, I'm gonna go visit you at the Augusta. She did she loves golf. Like, I'm gonna go oh, I'm gonna go yeah. to the next Augusta golf tournament and uh, I'll let you know. And it was really cool just to, to get to talk to her. And she created this porcelain? Is she a dental technician? So, yeah, she was actually head of the, um, I think it was the schooling there. Well, she was the main, the research, the manager and researcher developer of Noritaki there. But mm-hmm. she was also one of like, one of their schooling there. Yeah. Like, they were having issues with the metal ceramics. And so that's when she started like trying to research this and why it was fracturing. And also some of the greening that was happening. So she started developing this with actual Noritaki. She got in with them, and that's how they produced the EX3. They figured out it was the coefficient of what was going on with the cracking and fracturing, and they developed something that was non-greening. And so that's nice. what happened here with the opaques and everything. And they went from there on to ZZR, and now Katana and Zirconias, and it's just grown. Yeah, it's a big name. It gets mentioned a lot on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We've never personally had it in the lab I was at, so I don't know too much about it, but I've only heard good things about it. Yeah, like that's what the first ceramic that I got in my hands was that at that big lab was that. And I noticed like I got a lot of good chromo out of it and the rest of the stuff wasn't the same. So I didn't really, you know, when you first started, I didn't know exactly, but only the visuals. And Mm -hmm. every time, even when I had my new lab, I would try other portions, but for my new doctors, I would always go back to Noritaki because I felt confident the colors were always spot on. And that's what I started using. And I always used it after that. I've tried everything else. I've tried other, but no, they. Just, I've always stayed with Noritaki. And it's mainly because, like I said, I learned visually from not knowing the names. I can see the colors now. I'll do like shade tabs, put them on top of the actual bottles. Oh, yeah. So, that's how I, I, I learned the system is by visuals. I kind of don't look at what it's for. Sometimes we get mistaken of, if it says cervical, we're only going to use it cervical. But no, I've learned more because I wasn't talented at this field. I had to learn. I'm more like a copier duplicator. And that's what I tell when I when I teach people is that's how I am. I'm more of a you know, duplicator. And so I can see color in shade match really just by seeing color, just trained my eye to see that. And I'll grab bottles and I'll grab photos and match it that way and really not look at shades and I'd look at values, chromas and either, you know, green, brown, yellow, oranges, and look at it that way. I wasn't gifted with the, I can layer a hundred, you know, porcelains. I have to use what I use, what they say is the canvas technique. And that's what Noritaki teaches a canvas technique. It's basically you build a wall and you paint on internals, mm-hmm. effects, the amount and the translucencies. And you kind of seal that with our translucencies, which is clears and, that's how I make my teeth. And, and I know there's so many techniques out there, but that's what I mainly use. So you do like single centrals. Do you go into the doctor's office or have patients come by and do custom shades and, and all of that where you're yeah, at? Yeah, I was doing that a lot at the start and it was just taking up so much time. I still do that, but I use more photos and then I'm trying to get into something more photography. Yeah, it's It's been a very long learning experience. It's like you never stop learning in this field. 
Yeah, it's always on learning and learning. But yeah, I still do that. We do that still here. Yeah, I got a mobile unit that I take out into the office. It has a mini furnace. I don't know if you remember these old little mini furnaces. They were kind of little squared. And I take those ovens with me. It has no vacuum, so it's only for add-ons and stands. I've been looking for one of those because every single time, I it's either in the doctor's office or I've got to bring that big clam and it's not easy at all to, to bring an oven into a doctor's office. Yeah, no, no, it's not. They don't make them like they used to. No, this thing is awesome. It's been holding up. And so uh, we use that. You can put them inside of a Pelican case and they're off. It's really easy. Where'd you get it? Barb wants to know. eBay. eBay, there you go. It was missing the front door and then I just uh, ordered one and it was set to go. Cool. Nice. You mentioned earlier that you actually uh, hear the shade tab to the bottle? Yep. Yeah, I do test tabs and then I glue to the bottle. Now, I don't use accelerate because it yellows it. So you just lay a little bit of glue on top and let it dry itself. And it has the actual shades on there. So I memorize everything by color instead of uh, by name. That's a ceramist trick, Elvis. I Is do it really? Thing. Oh, yeah. It's great because then you can see exactly the saturation and the color and everything he said. So, yeah. And the, color, the, white, the lid is white, so it gives you a nice, you know, reflection of the actual color. So you really don't even think about what's written on the bottle. No, it's kind of been like a sports mentality. Again, it's repetition. Yep. Colors, yeah. Colors, colors, repetition, repetition. I have a box of like a thousand teeth that I've messed up and I've learned <laughs> what, what I did wrong and and that's how I've learned because um, it's been self-taught in, in my area. I don't know if a lot of people remember, but back in like 2000, we wouldn't have social media. It was more of you're hiding your techniques. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go up to ceramist in that big lab and they would almost like cradle themselves. So I couldn't see what they were doing. Yeah. And so that's the the, the era that I grew up until, like I said, I found that group. It was uh, DTG, Damaged Goods with Von Grill and all Sure, that. yeah. And that's how I kind of like, I'm like, well, there's a different area to this that's challenging because it was getting boring there for a second. It was just dent enamel, dent enamel, dent enamel. But that really um, like relit that fire again to learn more. It's been, it's been fun. So when you got laid off and you opened up your own kind of lab doing work for other labs, how did you go about getting that business? Did you already know somebody in the lab that needed help? No, it was pretty hard because, look, I was young. I'm Latino, so you, you don't see a lot of Latino owners that come in. And I would go into the offices, and at the time, I had, like, a handmade script with a little bit of, like, printed paper kind of advertising. Mm-hmm. I got the door slammed in my face so many times. Or they just, like, we don't – we love our lab or kind of thing. It was kind of, like, yeah, yeah. a little tough. So, again, baseball mentality, you don't give up. You just get back at it. You go to the next door. And I knew that out of a thousand, if I got one account, that'd make a big difference. I went to like a thousand doors, you know, and got slammed probably 800, 900 times, but <laughs> yeah. got one or two accounts. And then like the doctor's like, why didn't you come a long time ago? You know, everything was working out because I had already the experience. I mm-hmm. had already 10 years under my belt. Plus I had done every mistake in the books. I knew what I was doing and everything was working out. And I started seeing people start coming and then it was word of mouth because I really, if you look around, there's zero advertising out there. It's been really word of mouth. And I give my doctors that said those to, Hey, you know, your colleague, I need one more account. Do you know anybody? I'll give you free crowns or something like that. And it's been working out. Does that work offering incentives to your doctors to send referrals? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, yeah, it does. It really does. It's better than, than brochures and everything it goes in the trash. Yeah, But when another colleague goes and tells, hey, my lab is doing this and I'm not having to do this many adjustments and he is willing to come in here on a Saturday. You know, when you start, you knew you, I knew I had to, you know, do anything and everything to get these. Oh, yeah, sure. Saturday morning shade adjustments. And I would I would like line them up. Like if we had three custom anterior shade changes, then we would do it on Saturday morning. And just go through them and then get it done that way. It's been working. Yeah, it's not easy doing a single central, that's for sure. No, no, it's not. custom ones. <laughs> I always say you're going to do it at least three times. Just sell eight and nine, not just eight. Yeah, and that's how we kind of adapted where I couldn't get to certain ones and I started learning how to use Keynote to take like a shade tab, cut it in half, and then take the picture of the tooth, cut that in half, mm-hmm. and then kind of compare them to four different shade tabs. 
and you can turn it into black and white. You can see the the values and you can see Mamelon. So I kind of adapted to what I had and, you know, again, not knowing how that there was a bigger market. Like I wish I would have knew so I could have asked for more help instead yeah. of learning it the hard way. Yep. That's what was, you know, my situation at the time to learn it that way. Hmm. So you actually got photos of your work, photos of the shade tabs and kind of splice them together in Keynote or PowerPoint or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how you compared value. That's crazy. Right. I compared that's Chrome a great Chrome. idea. Yeah. yeah. Value. You can see the mammalons, especially if, you know, nowadays we have cross polarization, so you can see a lot more internals. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I cut my accounts now into three, like, you know, your regular crowns and then your mid and then your very high customs. Mm-hmm. High customs, they got to give me information. If I have no information, I can't help them. And like I tell them, I can't help you. So I can't do this 10 times. And I think that's one of the main things, the mistakes labs do is make these things three, four or five times and, and it cuts into their margins and they're not making any money and they go out of business. Or you stop making money as soon as you make it again once. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just you know, especially with the com- competition that we have yeah. now with pricing. Yeah, it's it's hard, but you know, I'm learning these lessons as well. Adjusted prices now. And I learned that, that doctors will pay. I agree. They will pay. Honestly, if you're giving them something super aesthetic and just absolutely stunningly beautiful, and and it's great to have three ranges because not all their patients are going to want to pay fee for service and get the highest end. So to have choices, you know, where they can go one, two, or three, I mean, that's that's smart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that's a, that's a big thing. If I can tell any young technician is don't be scared to charge, especially if you're doing good work. Things are going in the mouth because the work won't go away. It actually you will get more. Yeah. You got to get over that fear. So how many clients do you work? Are you by yourself in the lab? Well, now what I did, I've always had a digital mentality. Uh-huh. Well, I've tried to get people in here. And since we have 15 labs in my surrounding, probably 10 mile radius. Really? Competitive. They will leave you for a dollar. Oh, yeah. yeah. They will leave you for whatever. Yeah. So I've trained a couple of duplicates of me and they've gone out and done their own thing, which is, I know that's a blessing to them, but they don't last. So now what I do is I look for other small labs like me and we have two guys here, but usually on my outsourcing is out. I find the best CAD techs, send them my overflow or whatever I, I don't want to do anymore mm-hmm. and kind of get everything prepared. Then I overlook the designs, make those changes, send it back. And then uh, we mill here. Mm-hmm. I mainly I'm doing ceramics now. That's all I'm doing. I've got to the stage where that's all I can handle. And I've kind of passed out accounting to accountant and everything like that now. So you outsource a lot of the help that you need, but just to other labs in the area? Yeah, to the area. Well, anywhere in the world, really. Just I'm looking for the best. I've, I have a pretty good team now. And either they specialize in CAD only designing. And so I know they're the best and I send it to them. If I need milling, I'll find a milling, but usually we mill here everything. Sure. But we do get our, because the problem is with me is I had a higher price list. So I have a big number of accounts because they're not sending everything. They're sending a lot of the single unit essentials. Yeah, yeah. The harder stuff. stuff. But sometimes we'll get an overflow where like they'll say, look, I've sent this single unit molar to this lab three times. It's not working. I need you to do it. So we'll get like triple the work and we don't know what to do. So we started outsourcing those cases and we'll end up doing all the finishing from the green state we just ask for the restoration to be milled in green state we can yep. do all the work do any changes and then finish it off here wow are you doing hand diagnostic wax or are you doing a printed diagnostic yeah we went strictly digital digital was faster it's more accurate yeah 3d printed the next day yep. you do your jigs that's what we get a lot of we'll do clear mold for that where doctors can inject the composite and they can mm-hmm. see the composite. Yep. And so it's a lot faster. Digital yeah. is a tool that we've really adapted here to, to grow this fast as we have. But Finally, again, I'm using yeah. digital. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. Again, <laughs> I tell everybody, please be careful with digital because if you never use or learn analog, you will have issues in the future. And that's what we saw. I think we overgrew in digital so fast that analog is like, it's, it's a big shortage of, analog text and what they're doing oh you mean in, in the industry as a general as a yes general, i yeah. agree yeah we and that's why if you don't have work in your lab you're doing something wrong because right now oh, we're yeah. understaffed <laughs> and we're we should be getting overflown of work it's coming from the big labs that are doing cookie cutter crowns it's it's coming back they don't like those 
it's going to the small labs now. Which is great. I mean, honestly, I sit in a pretty large lab myself, but I'm in the the high-end department. So we only focus on anteriors and layering and, and smile design cases, but we definitely do a fair amount of cookie cutter crowns. That's for sure. And the docs are getting pickier and pickier and pickier. And I think that's great for small labs personally. Yeah, it is. It's, it's growing. It's making these labs stay, you know, stay in business and, and, and also making good money and, and, and staying there because before yep. it was totally the opposite. They were worried about digital. I remember they were worried. Mm-hmm. And I told everybody, look, don't worry about like digital or doctors doing their own crowns. It, it actually will take those single units off your hand and you'll get bigger work that, you know, you actually enjoy doing instead of doing 10 models for 10 units. Now you're doing one model for 10 units. Yep. And it's a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Great. And I, I always thought, again, mentality is different. Maybe again, because I come from a different field, but I would see you know, benefits what people saw in negatives. Interesting. Yep. So you started off at the $500 oven. How did you get into digital? What brought you into it? It was, well, yeah, the $500, I still have that thing. As oh, a I'm kid. sure. Does it still work? No. Uh, <laughs> one of the old Whitmicks. It wasn't even a Whitmix yet. It was the tan ones. Oh uh, my God. I remember those. Yeah, the Whitmix 100, but they weren't even Whitmixes then. And then I just kind of started growing and I saw it when I was outsourcing, I would outsource a big amount of money out. And I was like, I just can't keep doing this. I need to duplicate myself. How can I do it? Um, maybe model work. And I started seeing that the scanners were out and I got into Exocad years ago. I don't think anybody even knew what Exocad was. And I got one of their medit scanners and I started doing that and I paid that off. The next was a mill and I would pay that off and cash flow and everything. Remember, I'm a small business. You can't, you know, credit was zero. I was using zero credit, which was good because I was just cash flowing everything. Yep. You know, cash flow of the furnace, cash flow is more furnaces, more centering ovens. But that's the only way I could duplicate myself. I could design, you know, 20 crowns and just throw them in the oven, come back the next day, you know, throw them in the mail, throw them in the oven, whatever, and then finish them off. Because I was just having a hard time finding people. Mm. And now it's a little bit easier, I guess, now because I can. But before it was it was a lot harder. Are you still with ExoCAD? I am. That's yeah. all I use is ExoCAD. It's just easier for me. The system is so open. I can do whatever I want with it. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. So when you go and you give lectures, do you have any that are planned? And if so, like what what are you speaking about? What's your content? Yeah, lately when I started speaking, again, it was just with Noritaki. So a lot of it was ceramic techniques, um, milling techniques, and then the, the materials that we're using, like Katana Multilayer, which, you know, changed the game of Zirconia. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's copying what Katana Multilayer is. So it's been, you know, a very big changing. And I just show them how, you know, for me, Nortaki, it's an all-around system from porcelains to to cement to zirconia. You really have everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have opaque, you have everything. So you don't have to look for or try to match colors. It's all going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Whether, you, you know, we have in the multi-layer different books that, you know, go for 550 all the way to 1100. And they're a multi-layer or monochromatic. So depending on the restoration, you can choose anything and that's your start. And from there, we have our, our porcelains again, and then our staining glazes. And, and there's some stuff, some big stuff coming out here soon that I hope everybody, you know, the newest puck was the YML, which was the Yttrio puck. Yeah. And that's what I call the hybrid of zirconia, which is mixing all our pucks into one. So you have very low translucency, but strength in the bottom and high translucency, on um, the top layer of the enamel. To me, that's what it's replacing everything here in the lab for me now. Wow. So do they have any lithium disilicate type products as well? Or did I miss that? No, no, just zirconia. Okay. Zirconia with the higher yttria. So you're doing like a multi-layer and then you're doing a facially layered. Yeah, exactly. Because okay. remember like with the multi-layer, what it helped me was that it's your dentin and your enamel layer. Mm-hmm. So you're no longer having to put that on anymore. Oh, heck And if yeah. you get yourself a good canvas... You have yep. a canvas of enamel. And so all you're doing is placing your mammalons and then you're going to layer that with translucency mm-hmm. or you're adding chroma. You can do all your adjustments inside of the zirconia and layer it, or you can do it all as a full contour zirconia as well with our staining glazes. Because we have internal staining glazes and external staining glazes. So it's it's an awesome. I, I just love it. Said I'm covered in every possible situation. So when you say internal, are you like staining like the core and then fire that and then layer over that? 
Yeah, when I say internal, like you'll do a digital cutback. So we'll just say essential right now. Yep. You'll do a digital cutback. You mill that, and so you have a cutback central that's multi-layered, dent enamel ready. In that, you can already do, you know, fracture your fractures, your crack lines. Yep. Calcification. Okay. Yep. You're adding chroma or maybe uh, more translucency, mm-hmm. and then you're sealing that. It's covered. Cool. Because a lot of it with the mono is getting, my wife's a dental hygiene, so she tells me, look, on these monolithics that I see from other labs, when we do our cleanings, it, we're basically pressure washing the stain out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I think it's a lot better when you do do internals, internal staining, and then you seal that with porcelain, clear porcelain. Yep. And that way it stays because two, three cleanings and that staining glaze. Really? They use a basically their 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 what their instrument is is a pressure washer. Yeah. Oh, crowns. I never thought of it that way. Is that a high fusing or a low fusing? Like, what's your high temp Fahrenheit? Are you Fahrenheit or Celsius? Yeah, we have high fusing and low fusing okay. on staining glaze and porcelains. We have. So, like I said, it's 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 an awesome kit. I love it when we have ceramist on the I podcast, know. Barb, yeah. and you can just go all nerd <laughs> I, out. I know it's yeah. fine. I'm like fusing. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's just fun. Like to me, this is what I love now. Love doing this because you just never stop learning, and you go to the next guy, the next guy, and you just keep learning their techniques or what they're doing differently, and you adapt. And that's why, like I said, elite. That's where it came from. It's getting all these techniques into one, and that's like my style. It's just. Yeah, you make you make your own style. I think that's what every technician is, is so cool to see is their their style. Yeah. Do they send you the newest and before they release it so you can play with it and give them feedback? Oh yeah. Oh. yeah we had that YML when it was still in Europe, and I got that. We get that uh, again. Being a KOL, like key opinion leader, you do get that. You get a lot of that, and you start testing it, and, and also trying to figure out if somebody else does something wrong, and, and trying to figure out so you can uh, tech support it later in the future. Damn. Wow. Awesome. That'd be fun. Yeah. Do you put all this work into all your units or is it just those elite? No, no. Everything I touch, I try to give it a hundred percent. Again, I'm I'm here to win. Yeah. I'm gonna tell everybody I come from a sports background. I still have that that want to win. And it's not it's really like I think I'm the best thing. It's a competitive thing in me. Like it's I, you I against win. you. I know. <laughs> yeah. Again, if you want to win, you gotta be good. So you gotta keep learning. And I'm here to win and every person, every restoration, I don't want it back. I don't want to see it back. So I'm going to give it a hundred percent. Again, I do, I make mistakes and I make errors, but um, I try to minimize that. Yeah. So do you do a lot of hands-on courses? I was doing it before COVID. After sure. COVID, it slowed down a little bit. Yeah. We're starting up again and we're going to go back at it again with, especially with Noritaki. Hmm. Yeah. There's only a few companies that I really have. I, I try to watch out with that, with trying to get on board with everyone. Because it just doesn't work. Again, it's a team thing. They're a team thing too. They want to win. So it's very hard to just get on board with everyone. And then in the end, you you can't make them win, you know? Yeah. Sure. And you can't beat it into them. Yeah. I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've ever really talked to anyone that puts on hands-on courses that kind of describe how you get ready for something like that. Oh, yeah. We, I've done it for uh, intro to porcelain um, to X. Ex- Portion again, you know, you start from the start from the from the bottles to the colors, and you kind of you know educate them on there and what the materials are because that's the issue is sometimes we just throw all these colors at people they don't know what it's for. Yeah, so kind of start again dentin and enamel. Dentin, those are your two most important layers for me in ceramics is your dentin enamel and where you place them, and and then from there on it's you know you just start growing and you do a little bit more and a little bit more. But we do a lot of hands-on courses. I can ask to see what the next one is. And we teach people how to use the ceramic systems that we have and, and for them to be successful. And it, you know, it fits some people and some people doesn't. But we try to give them – because a lot of these techniques can go over to other systems. Yeah. They all have dent. They all have enamel. And then the mentality of internal staining. Again, that internal staining, if you, you've never seen you, – that's one thing you got to learn. It's, it's very powerful. But do you start these courses and in your mind you're thinking all these that are attending have no idea what they're doing or do you? No, no. We get them from all different expertise and experiences. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm mentally, when I start, I'm, I'm giving everybody, you, I treat everybody the same. So yeah. Yeah, I treat them from day one of what I learned and like if they didn't know anything. Because remember, it, when I go listen to somebody else to say, 
um, I go to Japan or I see Nandas or something, I might know exactly what he's talking about. But there's one thing. If I can pick up one thing from every person, sure. And I'm like growing as a technician. And so I try to teach them everything from the start. So if there's one thing that maybe somebody didn't tell them, then that's going to help them and, and make them grow. And they're like, oh, I knew all the advanced, but I didn't know this intro thing. For example, like in the Noritake system, our enamels are not translucent. So a lot of people are adding it as translucent, and it's not. It's a desaturated dentin. Our luster porcelains are translucencies. And so when you go to another system, the enamels are your translucencies, but not in Noritake. They're just... It's a transition layer. Our enamels are transition layers. Yeah. Little stuff like that. If you don't know, then you're building this crown without translucency thinking that you're using enamel. But little things like that. Yeah. Teach them. Yeah, Elvis, sure. you got that, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Something about A2. That's all I heard. No, <laughs> yeah, it gets so fun just talking about it. I could talk for hours about horses. And again, I, it's not the only thing I do in life. There's so many things like I do a lot of motorcycle. I stay busy. That's why, I, again, even today I was asking questions before. What time do I have to be there? Because I have so many things that are going on. And But I love dental. Dental's been a blessing. Dental's uh, helped me grow. And it's it's cool to see patients, like, after you give them the smile of the life changes you've given them. Yeah. It's like, wow. It's like, this is like a human part we're making. Yep. You know, yep. it's going into somebody's mouth and... It can change that 15-year-old self-esteem. Like he's hiding, he has his mouth covered because he has two centrals that are cracked for sports or whatever. And you give that back to him, he's a different kid, yeah. different person. That's the, the greatest thing that I think that, that, that can happen again. That's why I'm here to win is, is to give those patients. It's, it's, um, it's gratifying. I don't know. And you meet a lot of them, right? Like you're, you're pretty close to a lot of your clients. Yeah, I'm very close to all my clients and, and doctors. We text message. I give them personal numbers. Same here. Yeah. If, somebody, if I answer the phone, I don't let anybody else answer the phone. And I'm hoping to do that until the last day that I can do a crown is also always answer the phone. So that way there's no mix up. There's no anything. You give them that personal touch. And I think that's one of the biggest advantages of my success is giving that personality and that just that trust that they could text you or call you whenever they need you. Yeah. And they do. They text photographs, RXs, questions. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm the same way, but you know, you're always there for them and they know it and it builds loyalty very, very, very quickly. Oh yeah. It's a very hard for another competition to come and replace me. So, and you have to do that nowadays. Yep. It's like in any other field, it's done except dental. Dental, I've, I've trying to bring techniques and things you don't do in dental yet to this industry. Um, and again, person that personalization of talking to that doctor is one of them and, and, and just learning new things. But it's been growing. It's been awesome. Yeah. So what's your personal goal? Do you want to get, you know, just keep getting larger or do you just want to maintain where you're at and just keep your quality high? Because that can get... You know, once you make that that leap, it's a know, balance. Too much business, and I was just telling Elvis about that. You know, and then your quality. So, what what are you thinking for yourself in five years for your lab? Oh yeah, that's already happened. We've been doubling every year. Damn. So I came to the point. I think it was maybe five years ago. This happened to me where I was just. I think I had thirty two accounts. They were sending a lot of, and I didn't know what to do anymore. So I had to downsize. And then I had a very tough, uh, I had to sit with myself and really think about it. And I think that there's so much work out there that I would grow and never be, you know, big enough. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather just do quality. And I think that's where we're going to stay at. And that way it gives me time with the kids, with my two daughters. Mm -hmm. um, I take them to school still. And then I see them in the afternoon and then be with wife. Because there's a life balance we all have to have. Oh, yeah. Or else, you know, I've seen a lot of bad things happen. So I keep that balance, even with my personal side. You know, I, I I go out with the guys, do motorcycles, or or do this, do that, and um, and live a little yeah, <laughs> outside the lab. Yeah, you can serve two doctors well with good restorations and having those patients happy. I think I'm, you know, that's what I can do. And how old are your daughters? I got a nine year old and a almost fifteen year old. So what about the fifteen year old? Does she come to the lab and check it out? No, no, I even goals. Um, I, I really. You know, I got this far and I wanted to go a little bit further. The 15-year-old was looking into orthopedic surgery. To wow. Be and um, the little one wants to be a lawyer. And so, you know, I want to back them up to whatever they want to do. I I've taught them the lap life, but 
I didn't see the interest, so I'm not going to push it on them. You do more than just central single units. You do full arch, don't you? I do full arches. Yes, sir. Yeah. There's a four in here now, which I hated arches. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't really a full arch guy. Somehow it's growing in on me. And I think it's mainly of the fear of there was so much that could go wrong. Yeah, there's a lot going on. A lot. And and being, I guess, not enough education in that field, but now... I have done my share of education. Now I'm getting a lot used to it. And I think that's, as I'm getting older, I'm growing a little bit more and seeing myself change as well and seeing, doing different restorations, even surgical planning. So it's been a journey, but yeah, Yeah. we do do everything, implant. My main thing I love is single unit implants. Um, I love doing those, just really the whole designing to the milling, to the, putting the pieces together. So you help treatment plan the implant, do the surgical guides and all of that? Yes, we do all that. So nice. that's why I have to keep it kind of small because it is very time consuming. My schedule usually runs from 1 a.m. to about 6 a.m. And then I go drop the kids off of school, come back. So I kind of keep that balance. And then I come back and work till maybe 4, 5, 6, and then go home, be with the wife. So on weekends, I'm off. You get up at 1 a.m.? Oh, yeah. It's been, like I said, it's been etched in me as an athlete. Get up. Yeah, but at 1 a.m.? Oh yeah. What the hell time do you go to bed? Like two well, in the I, afternoon? I, I think I was getting three hours of sleep. Wow. Holy schmoly. I got a couple of friends. I'm not the only one. You'll be amazed on some of these dental technicians. I was on, they would text me one in the morning. Hey, um, I got an issue with my porcelain. We're supporting at one, two, three. <laughs> There's a little group out there that that's out there all night. Does overnighters. Wow. They're happy there during the day they're off and it's, that's what I'm saying. It's a big scope of people out there, dental technicians out there. It's a good time to get work done if doctors aren't calling you because exactly. it's one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best time is like 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. because nobody calls you. Yeah. Nobody bothers you. Yeah. And then there's the other side of the technician that's still up at 1 a.m. Oh, doing yeah. the work from the day before. So there's some sort of overlap at 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah, there's that extra shift there somewhere. <laughs> Oh, I think we've all been there. That's for sure. Yeah. I've got a question about the DTG. So are you still attending those meetings? Are you guys still having those meetings? They're still out there. It kind of a little bit, kind of died off a little bit. I'm not sure why, but they're still out there. The group is on Facebook, I know. Okay. And I think I just got busy. So I really didn't keep up too much, but they're out there. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of handmade technicians out there still as well. And they're out there. I think what happened is the little guys grew. And we didn't have the time anymore. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the the word got out. You know, yeah, there was they were out there, and that was the whole thing. Is and I'm happy for them. They're out there. They're growing big, and and they're doing good. That core group. I mean, they're all very busy with successful businesses and labs. And yeah, it's I think you know the participation in the group just kind of died from everyone just being busy and successful, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. No. No, and I think that first when I came, I came very competitive, and it was hard, <laughs> hard for certain ones. But now that it did become competitive, and it helps us because we grow. I saw yeah. that with the competition I grew, it makes us a lot better. You know, it gives us a new level, and I think that's what now is my goal is to share more, teach more, and just I'm in that time I guess in my life where I want to give back and everything that I was able to soak up and start giving it back to these younger technicians and teaching them so we grow i'm not trying to like reinvent the wheel because these techniques are already made sure but just pass those on and um and hopefully we can keep this industry alive and going yeah great very inspiring yeah you mentioned you know you're not really looking to grow and expand but are you looking to get out more and do more speaking engagements i do when they come up but i'm not really looking for anything right now too busy, um, huh? Yeah, but you know, like we're doing a Noritake meeting in uh, here soon in Colorado, so I'll go to that, and then I'll teach our our guys I- I- internally. Oh, okay, and, yeah, and then we'll do other things. We have other things set up, but Lab Day every year. I'm at Lab Day, mm-hmm. and I usually do something for Zon and then Noritake. Since Zon is our our supplier distributor, yeah, gotcha. that's why. But usually it's Noritake, and I'll do usually something each day. And that, I try to keep it just to that. Yeah. Yeah. And but again, I'm, I'm just been busy and been blessed. So I, 
and then I do life stuff though. That's about it. I think I see that you're into drones. Isn't that what I see? Oh yeah, I loved I love technology like drones. I fly drones uh, whenever I travel, especially. I've seen some pretty cool videos online. Yeah, we and I wish I could post more again. There's so much to me that I that I can do. Like I said, if I ever <laughs> go under, which I'll probably never in this lap, I'll be okay. Like I'm I'm good at so many things. I love doing so many things, and I'm not worried about that. But yeah, I love drones and motorcycles. Um, I got a a military like rifle course that's coming up in two weeks and i'm excited because it's a military guy he's gonna beat me up i know <laughs> it's one of those like you learn how to just it's just a defense course i just it's just a de-stressor yeah you, know, you find something you love and you just go after it and do it de-stress but yeah it's gonna be a, a hot it's because it's 100 i'm kind of worried it's 100 degrees right now in georgia yeah it's 100 degrees everywhere being smack or something i'm not sure and then learning some techniques, but yeah, but it's been it's been awesome. It's been, this industry's taken me a lot of places: Puerto Rico, Japan, Canada, Mexico. I mean, it's taken me so many countries. I didn't expect this, so I'm really grateful. Yeah, the people that I met, it's been awesome. Do you do a lot of work on implants? I do. Yeah, we yeah. do a lot of custom work. A lot of it we do custom and get custom made abutments. Everything's. Mm-hmm. I think that's our main goal. Is just, our main thing here is custom. Everything custom. Implants, uh, veneers, um, everything custom. And we're doing a lot of problem solving from crowns that are coming that just didn't work from other labs. So we're giving doctors that, that problem solving and correcting these restorations. And again, that's just how it worked out. It was never a goal, but it's, it's just working that way. It's good to be known as a problem solver. Yes. People come to you for their needs, and then they'll come to you for other things. Yeah, if you, if you are in the lab business, if you just become a problem solver. Uh, look for a niche for yourself. Like if you love veneers, if you love implants, be a problem solver, and you're going to be okay. You're going to get a lot of work. I'm telling you, there's more than enough work in this industry for everyone. You just got to find your niche. You got to just and go after that niche and then problem solve. Look for those problems and then resolve it. You don't have to do advertising. If you have an issue with that, just problem solve it and you're going to be okay. Yeah. So you like implants, huh? Yeah, I love implants. Single really? unit implants, three unit bridges, implants, anything. I don't know what it was. I just love that. Every every time I do an implant, I bitch about it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, and Elvis works for an implant company and you love implants. They just uh, Maybe it's just the way that they don't have the settings accurate in our place every now and again. They don't fit. And, uh, yeah, you have to find, especially in digital, you have to find a good company that, that has good tech support. Um, the company I'm using, I won't say names, but they have some good guys that are actually building these programs and doing the right settings. So when you mill restoration, that titanium base will fit exactly in there. Yeah. And if you see that they're not fitting and you're asking them, then that's not a good, you got to move on. Yeah. And these guys that I'm using every single time they fit yeah. correctly. If I need tightening, I go to their engineers and say, look, I need this done. And that's one thing that I'm kind of not ashamed or I'm, I'm not embarrassed to go and ask for their uppers. I'm like, who's your engineer? I don't need to talk to you. I want to talk to your engineers. And people know that about me. They know Edgar's calling again. There's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and we better fix it ASAP. <laughs> like I know the engineers like Bob Horizon's engineers. And that, yeah. that's a big company. And I, I'll talk to them. Look, your scan body is not working. I need you to do this, this, and this. And over the years, you just learn that because you, you need to do this. And I hope, you know, everybody is um, does that and, and finds those uh, relationships with those outsourcing companies, and especially digital. It's, implants digital is so fun. There's no more of those stone models. You can just 3D print everything. You can do so many things with these digital worlds. Yeah. Again, it's a tool. I do enjoy that. Studio. Again, my lab is more like a studio. I'm here like it's like at home. There's no dirt, no dust. It's all, you know, machine. And we still do, like I said, analogs and refractories but still keep everything clean and um, studio wise it's almost like i'm at home um, just working so it's, i've been enjoying it changing the way the dental labs do you know their work no more of this dust and grinding all over the place it's it's different we just got to move again it's a tool yeah there's different opinions out there with digital and analog but if you, both of them together it's amazing it's amazing the things you can do with the both of them together I can't imagine a lab without all the dust. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no dust. 
It's, it's, it's awesome. It's good. I see on your website, you still offer PFMs. Do you still do a lot of those? We do. We do some PFMs, especially we're correcting again. They have existing PFMs. And, but we do send those off to get milled or um, now we don't yeah. anymore. But we, we get a, we'll design everything, get it milled. It comes back ready. Again, I've seen some people have issues with those metals that are digital. Again, Nortaki has a, it's an anti-greening base paste. And that stuff works perfect with all the milled or lasered metal. So you put that on there to kind of opaque it? Yeah, you, you pre- use it as a pre-opaque, like an underlayer. And uh-huh. then you opaque, and it covers you from debonding issues if you're having or greening. It's perfect for non-precious. Interesting. Wow. So, as a ceramist, what do you prefer, working on zirconia or a good PFM? Lately, I've enjoyed just getting uh, PFMs. It's, it's just opaqueing again. It feels just like the old days. <laughs> but I enjoy really everything. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is lately, but I've been back in the lab two years ago. I've had, I had two bad years. The last two years, I had a lot of surgeries from a car wreck. So oh, I was enjoy it. Yeah, I was in the lab kind of rushing um, with those accidents. I think it was like three in a row of people just rear-ending me. So I had major back surgery and nerve burnings. That knee fell apart again. So we did the four implants on the knee, which I'm rehabbing now. Wow. Shoulder surgery. From three different car accidents? Yeah. Yeah, they were back. Wow. I had a lot of issues going on. I heard Atlanta's bad traffic, but jeez. Oh, it's getting, <laughs> it's getting, it's getting like LA because I'm originally from California. Yeah, move here because of baseball and then my dad's work. So, but I know that traffic. It's getting exactly like here in Atlanta. Last November, I got COVID, and I almost died from that. That was a close what? one. What? Nobody knew that, but my wife was scared. Oh. My oxygen oh, got below eighty degrees. Oh, I was about to get on the ventilator, but I told my doctor I'm not getting on that ventilator. I fought it through, and I was fine. Yeah, the ventilators. What you know, when you go on the ventilator, you're in trouble. Yeah, and that was one of the ones that didn't really... I didn't have time for COVID, I guess. I said yeah. COVID, I just don't got time for you. And uh, Man, I didn't take it seriously, and it got me pretty good. It got me pretty good. I was I was down 107 degree. I was emergency oh. room. I was, I was bad. But I think it had to do a lot with the surgeries, and my, I was down a little bit. My body wasn't fully recovered. And it sure. Got me. It's fighting other things, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been exciting last two years. Jeez, had no idea, man. That's crazy. Yeah, thank God yeah, you're all right. That I just go through it and just get it, move on. Wow. Yeah. And here you are back at it and succeeding. Yeah, back at it again. Not going anywhere. It's hard to take a technician down, man. That's right. How much they can take us down, except like a non-paying account. just a bad impression will make us cry that's it (laughs) yeah no more impressions all digital yep (laughs) i'm with you on that let me tell you yeah just my implants i do ask for for analog do you really yes i hear that some labs will totally take out traditional impressions but if you're doing an implant eh, please still use it mostly on my full arches but my single units i'm fine but full arches is where they yeah i've heard that often too where scan bodies are not seated all the way. You do the model, nothing fits. Little things like that, those little errors. Uh, and then doing everything again, it's it's a pain. So I try to check everything now with analog. Yeah, and I'm kind of adapting as the time goes on to my what I ask for. Because it's still mm-hmm. everything we're growing, we're learning now. It's all a learning experience. There's no real history to all the digital. There's no research really until now that we're learning. Yeah, we're starting to get a workflow that's working. Yeah. But even then, it still adapts. True to that. Almost daily. Yeah. Awesome, Edgar. That's some great stuff, man. Love hearing your story. I love the fact athlete mindset is what I love. Oh, yeah. you got uh, That's one thing out there, but you got to have that mind, that that wanting to win, always win. And it's like, remember, it's against you. It's not against anybody else. Oh, yeah. A lot of the techs that lost their labs, it was because they were competing with other technicians and not competing with themselves. Making other lab techs happy. And they should have made themselves and their clients happy. And sometimes we forget that. Yep. Well said. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you. No, you're welcome. You want anytime. Uh, Thank you for having me here. It's an awesome, awesome weekend. Yeah, do the same, sir. We'll talk to you later. Will do. Bye-bye. Bye. Whitmix, known today for its digital equipment and materials, has always been known for decades as the leader in occlusion products with its Whitmix, Hanau, and Dinar articulators and face bows. 
The most popular of these is the Dinar Mark 300 series articulator. These popular semi-adjustable instruments are engineered for superior performance and tested thoroughly based on proven methodology. They bring a new standard of interchangeability with factory set accuracy within 20 microns. With their sleek ergonomic design and powdered coated finish, these articulators have a contemporary look that is as durable as it is aesthetically pleasing. The Dinar Mark 320 articulator features adjustable condyle inclination with 0 to 60 degrees and progressive side shift fixed at 15 degrees. The Denmark Mark 300 comes complete with dust cover, 10 magnetic mounting plates, instructions, and standard black carrying case. Head over to Whitmix.com to order one today. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix. Thank you, Edgar, for coming on our podcast and talking about your amazing story. We love to hear how someone with a passion for one thing, and in Edgar's case, it was baseball, and turn it into a passion for teeth. We are saddened to hear about your bad luck, and especially with COVID, but we are extremely happy to hear that all of it has just made you a stronger technician and a stronger person. So thanks again, Edgar. We are sure to see you on the Noritake stage soon. Guys, 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 don't forget to head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com backslash A-S-I-G-A, which is a SEGA, for your chance to win the amazing printer package from our newest sponsor. And thank you, Asiga, for sponsoring us. And that's all we got. I'm doing your part this week. It's pretty fun. <laughs> and that's all we got. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Don't know what I'd do without you. You're such a good partner. <laughs> so much more organized than me.